You're listening to St. Pius 10th Catholic Church in Lafayette, Louisiana. Thank you for joining us. Last weekend, we did an exploration into what is pure love. And of course, Christ models for us the purity of our love. And so we worked on three things or discussed three things uh, that can diminish uh, our love or its purity. Uh, the first being uh, being measuring, uh, going halfway, uh, looking at our self-interest in order to, to hold back what we are able to give. Uh, the second, judging uh, the person who is to receive the charity. In other words, are they worthy of what we are going to do for them? We think that Christ himself uh, died for us while we were still yet sinners. And uh, were we worthy of that? And so in loving as Christ loved, that there's no judgment uh, for those who we hopefully are able to help in true love. Uh, and then that we should not have expectations for love, that Jesus' love was unconditional. Uh, his love was not based on any merit of ours or any expectation of return. His mercy has conditions. His love does not. And so we are called upon to love as he loved and to love unconditionally. And we can think about the last line of, of last week's gospel, without cost you have received, without cost you are to give. And then we look at this weekend and the last line again, or the last lines, are really the punchline. Everyone who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my heavenly Father. But whoever denies me before others, I will deny before my heavenly Father. And so we're going to unpack that a little bit, but I think we need the background of the other readings this weekend. So in our first reading, we hear from Jeremiah. And Jeremiah has gone through a lot. Jeremiah suffered a lot. And he still says that Christ is, well, God is my champion. And then he also says that God will put us to the test. And so we should expect to be challenged in our lives. Uh, that is not something that is being hidden. And then we move into uh, St. Paul's letter to the Romans. And he talks about the fact that through one man, through Adam and sin came suffering and death, but that the gift of Christ so also through, also through one man is much greater than the transgression. In other words, what Christ gave us is able to overcome sin and death. And then in our gospel reading, talks about not being afraid of those who can kill the body, but rather those who can kill the soul. Don't worry about what happens in this life if it's gonna negatively impact you for the next and that God loves us very much. We can Notice the number of hairs on our head. And, you know, I guess for me, that's not such a great feat. Uh, but for some of you guys, it is, right? But that we're worth much more than many sparrows. Huh? And that nothing happens that God is not aware of. And then we move into that punchline about acknowledgement. The danger of reading that is that we kind of just pass over it. Well, I've never denied God. And when we think of denial of God, we think of somebody asking us a question, you know, you know, do you believe in Jesus? Are you a Christian? Are you a Catholic? And of course the answer is yes, yes, yes. You know, and say, so I've never denied God. We have to go a little bit deeper than that. 
I mean, we, we have this history, of course, of, of beautiful martyrs who refused to deny God, even at the threat of torture and death. And we kind of think of it only in that mark. Did we in word deny God like Peter did, like Peter did? Say, no, I've never done that. But when we think of acknowledging Christ or denying Christ, we have to look into what has been given to us, right? The gift being greater than the transgression, God living within us. For Jeremiah, God was at his side. For us, God is within. And he's given us more than he gave to Jeremiah. He's given us the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So we are called to love fully as Christ loved. Jeremiah wants revenge and he wants to see his enemies perish. We, on the other hand, are called to love our enemies. And so since we live in the post-Christ era, we have a much greater responsibility for being able to love as he loved, which is a command he has given us. And remember, the love of God is simply this, uh, that we do as he commanded. And the first commandment is love of God, and then the second is love of neighbor, the greatest two commandments. So love is very important. And when we think of our gospel reading today, it all leads to judgment, huh? It all leads to judgment. So when we acknowledge Christ, it's not just about what we say on our lips. It's about how we act, how we behave, how we love. And when we deny him, when we deny him, and there's a lack of love or an impure love, then that is that denial. That is a denial of Christ working within us. And so what we talked about last week is very important when we think about it in terms of judgment. We have to remember that as sinful as we are, the scripture also tells us that love covers a multitude of sins. So if we learn how to learn, if we learn how to love well, then we are able to hopefully not sin because sin prevents us from loving fully to our capacity but then also knowing that we fall and we have our weaknesses, our faults, our sins, that to some extent, to some extent, the ability to truly love overcomes those and covers them because we're acting like Christ. And so we look at this line about acknowledgement and denial. We can't just simply say it's about what we say to other people. It's about how we live our lives. Do we truly love as Christ loved? And I guess the danger of this is that we can go through our entire life and look at the world around us and say, you know what? I'm living a virtuous life. And other people would say the same. Hey, you're upright. You know, you've done well. You've practiced the cardinal virtues of prudence and justice and temperance and fortitude. You know, by all exterior signs, doing just fine. But then when we look at our motives and, and what we are trying to do in loving as Christ loved, you know, we might not have the faith and the hope and the charity that Christians are required to practice in addition to, in addition to the natural virtues. So you can have somebody who maybe is a good husband, a good wife, a good mother, a good father. They work hard. They do all the things that the world might expect. But if they're not living in Christ, then it's a real danger. And so, for example, we think of Lazarus, right? Remember Lazarus had the poor man outside his door, you know, sitting on the threshold with nothing to eat, and he walked by him every day. 
And he didn't do anything wrong to him. He just didn't love him as Christ would love, huh? He didn't feed him. He didn't take care of him. And so he lives this life that the world would say was a good life, and he ends up in hell trying to help his brothers because he was ignorant. He was indifferent. He just didn't see it. And then we have the scariest words of sacred scripture in my mind in the Matthew's gospel as well, where we talk about building our house on rock or, or sandy soil, right? And the winds came and blew it over. And if it was on sand and it stood firm, if it was built on rock, a solid foundation, foundation of Christ's love. But in that passage tucked away in the beginning is that Jesus, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, we had dinner with you. We prayed with you. We did all these things with you. And they're knocking at his door and he says, I don't know you. I don't know you. Scariest words in sacred scripture. Why? Because they're not really relating to Christ. What they're doing is relating to the world in what they think is the imitation of Christ. And so learning how to love Learning how to love is such an important thing in order to be able to look at our judgment and how we are going to be looked at. It's not something to be glossed over in the thought of, hey, I've never denied Christ by word. I would never be Peter, you know, I would never be Peter. And then the recognition that sometimes it is hard to love. It is hard to love those who are difficult to love, our enemies, people who betray us, just people who annoy us. Christ himself is the one who set the model of loving all, being able to love all. And so as we move into this thought of a deeper dive into what we are doing, it's not just about taking away sin. We're required to be filled up with the good. That's what baptism does. Our baptism took away original sin and then in the waters of baptism, we're filled with the good, the life of Christ, and we have to live there. You know, I hear this every now and again, and I think it's a good way to kind of conclude is, you know, some of the old formularies for confession, you know, the examinations of conscience, and then how do we go to confession? You know, there used to be uh, a line that would say, and uh, forgive me for all of the sins against charity of which I am not aware, sins against love. And I think that we have to have that mindset that when we fail to love well, it's not just an imperfection or a lacking or that, hey, I loved halfway, you know, I did good enough. No, it's, it's a sin because we're not imitating Christ. And I think that's not a bad way of looking at how do we love, how do we give, how do we offer ourselves and where is it lacking, either in mind or in the mind, in the heart? And to make sure that we're allowing God to increase our capacity to love, increasing our ability to imitate Christ, increasing the way that we model Christ in the world. And to not just pass it over of saying, I don't sin, so I'm good. No, no, I don't sin, so now I'm ready now, able to love all the more. And I'm able to increase that capacity to be as Christ was for us. And so we make that prayer this morning that when we think of how we live our lives and we examine our lives, it's not just a matter of taking away sin. 
It's really a matter of how do we love as Christ has loved us.